Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online church service. I'm so happy that you're here. I believe that God will feed you with the nourishment from His Word that you need. You know, your body, when it gets hungry, knows what it needs. Sometimes you think, I need some potatoes, I need carbohydrates, or maybe you want beef or fish or something like that. But if you listen to your body, it will tell you what it needs. And when it needs what it needs, it doesn't want to eat chocolate or candy. It wants to eat what will give it nourishment and strength. And I believe that the Holy Spirit knows the individual needs that everybody has who's watching this program, and that God is going to meet your needs abundantly. Praise God. I believe there is full provision for us in the bread of life, God's Word. Today we will start in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. I just want to give you a few scriptures to build up your faith to believe God that your bills can always be paid and that your debts can be paid off and that God carries you into an overflow where you have the ability to touch the lives of others in a positive and impactful way. Praise the Lord. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 1, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So the woman's husband has died leaving behind what appears to be a large debt and there's no way to get the debt paid off. Back in those days, just because you died uh, didn't mean that the debt was automatically removed. Pretty uh, tough and brutal standard. So they're, they're willing to extract it from the children and make those two boys become slaves to pay off the debt of the father. Verse 2, so Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Really, he presents to her two questions. She chooses to answer the second question. I believe the first question was man's ability. The second question related to God's ability. In other words, Elisha says, what can I do for you? Well, Elisha, although he probably has some extra money, I don't think he has the ability to go around paying off everybody's debts. And so if she's looking to Elisha for help, he's going to be operating from a limited perspective. So she chooses to answer the second question, because the second question is the one that carries her into the God category of receiving help, not from man, but from the Lord himself. And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. So really, what you need to get out of any kind of financial dilemma, it's already in your hands. You just have to be willing to use it, whether it's a jar of oil, whether it's something that's been held back in the cookie jar. In my situation, which was my personal testimony that was in my book, The Sacred Anointing, and that testimony has been shared all over the world. That testimony was when I was homeless and in a very desperate situation, 
I actually had four $1 bills that I never spent. Can you imagine that? You would think that a guy that's homeless out on the street, uh, starving, would, you know, go through everything he had. But for some reason, I had four $1 bills that I never spent. Okay, so that was my little jar of oil. I have to think that if you have a need today, a desperate need, I just, something tells me that you've got more than four $1 bills. But that was a catalyst that released a deliverance in my life overnight. Overnight, I came out of a hellacious situation. Overnight, I was given a full-time job. Overnight, I was given a place to stay, get back on my feet. Overnight, things just began to get immediately corrected. Wow, you've probably got a lot more than $4, and you're probably, you're probably not out on the street. If you were, I'm not quite sure how you're listening to me right now. Usually, homeless people don't have internet or cell phones, or carry around nice laptops, praise the Lord. And you probably have more than just a jar of oil sitting around your house. You have something that you can put into the hand of God. You have something that, that God can identify that He can work with if you're willing to partner with Him. So oftentimes the answers that we're looking for, they're right beneath our nose. It takes the Holy Spirit to point it out. But when he points it out, that's when we have the opportunity to work with God and see a miracle take place in our life. So verse 3 tells us, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere. I mean, just ask everybody. And he said, empty vessels. We don't want any vessels that are half full with somebody else's oil. Maybe their oil is old and rancid. We, we don't want that. Get all of these empty vessels. Now, I'm sure this woman is thinking, yeah, I'm going to get a whole bunch of them because there's going to be a miracle and it's going to get filled up. So she's out there gathering just as many as she can. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door and went out and did that. I mean, her sons are just grabbing vessels. Hey, can I borrow your, your pot? Can I borrow your clay jar? Can I borrow your vessel? And so I don't know how many she got, probably as many as she could round up. I don't know, 120. But, you know, here's the thing. I don't know where you're at. Everybody is in different places. Some people today, you, you have no financial sweat. That's awesome. It's a great place to be. By the way, that's normal. God wants you living in financial peace. If you're not there, then you need to keep moving towards that. That's His will for your life. Others, you're doing better. Uh, you're doing better in the sense than some because everything's getting paid, but it's still, you're just keeping your nose above the water. You don't really have the extra, and if, if something went wrong, you could get in trouble real quick. If you, if you had a hiccup, then the bills would catch up and overtake real quick. You don't have a lot of breathing room. And then there's others, you're just flat out hurting. I mean, you're, you're behind bills all the time, and it's been like that for some time. You're always struggling. You've got more, you've got more outgo than you do have income. So whatever your situation is, God is going to take you to a new level. Those that have much you're in a position to receive even more from the Lord. Those that have been in the land of just enough, it's time for you to discover your land of more than enough. 
And those of you who are struggling and operating on this old broken world system, just trying to uh, claw out a living and you're still falling behind, it's time for you to discover the platform of financial covenant with God and move over onto a stable foundation so your days of, of just, you know, dog eat dog, you know, uh, you know, fight for survival, that stuff comes to an end and you discover the financial peace and prosperity of God. Praise the Lord. Bring me another vessel, she said. And he said to her, that would be the son. There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased, filled them all up, just kept pouring out of that little jar. It's like pouring out of that four one dollar bills. It didn't make any sense. I gave that I gave those four one dollar bills, and God poured out of that immediately four hundred and eighteen dollars. Out of the four little one dollar bills, God pulled out of that immediately. A full time job loaded with all the benefits. Out out of that those four little one dollar bills, God was able to pour out of that uh you know, a place to stay. Uh, it was just amazing. I'm talking about a place to stay overnight and and then just everything coming together with uh, good friendships and uh, good relationships. It is amazing how God can miraculously pour out when you go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. Go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. You know, Mary looked at the people at the wedding, at the guys at the wedding, and concerning her son Jesus, she said, whatever he says to do, do it. And so I believe that is key to our obedience, just doing whatever the Lord would tell us to do. Often the telling to do is not an out loud verbal command. Many times it's the inward guidance. It's the leading of the Holy Spirit on the inside. And it just seems this is the right thing to do by that velvety smooth feeling on the inside. And you do it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you you can see she needed a miracle quick. And so for those that need some help and for those that just want, you're ready to go to the next level. Look, God can get you there quick. I, I'm telling you, God can take you from a place where you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year to $300,000 a year to a million dollars a year. God can take you from a place where you're on the street to boom, get you out of that, getting you cleaned up, getting you back on your feet. Good job. Dignity restored to your life. God can move quick. How quick did he move in the life of this woman? The creditors are coming to take the two boys. And she's like, Elisha, I, I not only need a miracle, I need like God to do something like now. I'm talking ASAP. These guys are coming to haul my boys off. And so, you know, I don't have, she's basically saying, I don't have three weeks. I don't think I've got 10 days. They're going to come padlock my house and throw me out on the street and repossess my home and take my kids. So God is able to do very, very fast debt removal. For those that really have a heart to serve the Lord, you know, get rid of the debt, get get freed up so that you can serve God, get your finances in order. Let God begin to bless you, begin to operate from his kingdom principles. You'll be so much happier. You'll, you'll have a worry-free, stress-free life. You'll have enough challenges in life with other types of things. You don't need to pile uh, all kinds of debt problems on top of that. But if you are in a place and you need the touch of the Lord, he can do it. Look, not only can he do it, he can do it quick. Well, how quick, how fast did this woman get out of debt? 
Well, I wouldn't be surprised if this whole thing took place within 48 hours. Because if you stop and think about the hurricanes that we've had recently, how fast were generators selling in South Texas when that hurricane is crossing the Gulf? They, they were selling just as fast as they could get them out. All these home improvement stores and all of these other uh, rental type, uh, you know, equipment stores, they are selling them. And, you know, they're not price gouging. But bottom line, if that thing costs $600, there's people coming up with $600. They're going to get the $600 to buy that generator because they don't want to sit around in the sweltering heat when the electrical grid goes down. Same thing in South Florida. When the hurricane is approaching, getting closer and closer to the Florida Keys, I'm telling you all over South Florida, you couldn't find a generator for sale anywhere. They they were selling like hotcakes. It doesn't matter if they're $600, $1,000. Suddenly the people have the money to buy. And so here this lady shows up with all of this fresh olive oil. And people were just probably like, wow, hey, you know, we don't have that right now. And I mean, this is like fresh and it's coming in when it's not even the season and the people are hot and they're tired and uh, they would just like some good oil. And and here suddenly she has generators. Do you see what I'm saying? She's got oil and she's got a whole bunch. She's got like truckloads of generators and she's selling them like crazy. She's selling them like crazy. She not only paid off all of the debt and she, look, she had to do it quick. She not only quickly paid off all of the debt, but she had enough money from the sales, from the profits of the sale so that her and her boys could live off the rest. So the oil ceased. Verse 7, then she came and told the man of God, and he said, see, just because you're a prophet doesn't mean that you don't have to have business sense. These men were sharp. These women were sharp. Hallelujah. They knew how to handle money and finances. You see God's leaders having a good grasp of biblical economics. He said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. Okay, let's take care of business first. And you and your sons live on the rest, all the debt gone plus surplus savings. I believe that God can cause just unexpected blessings to come to you quickly to help your debts just get dissolved and paid off. Praise God, you're free. You can come with me and Kelly to Israel. No strain. Look, no strain. Hallelujah. Pay pay your um your ticket off. Get registered. Pay off your your uh the price to come. All paid off. All your debts paid off. You're happy. You've got extra praise, God. I believe God can bring quick, unexpected blessings. I, can, I believe God can bring opportunities for unlimited overtime. I have a friend, sometimes he gets that opportunity where the boss just says, you know, open season, in a sense, work all you want. And that, that's as, just as long as you can stay awake. If, if you can work 20 hours a day, We'll pay you. We're going to pay you all that extra, you know, overtime, double time, whatever it is. He's making good money on uh, already, but pile that on. And, you know, and the boss basically says 18 hours. Okay. If you want it, you, you go 24 hours. If your body can sustain that, yeah, we'll, we'll pay you. Get three hours sleep. Come right on back. Why? The work is in such demand. When there's harvest, you don't ever sleep during harvest. Praise the Lord. 
Now, I understand you need to get some sleep physically. You, you, you can't just be bringing in the harvest grain you know, all the time. The farmer's got to get a little sleep. But when it's prime harvest time, you want to sleep as little as possible. Why? There's money in the field. There is, you, you are pulling in. You might be pulling in corn and grain, but th- that's money. It's all going to market. It's all going to be sold. So there can be uh, unusual uh, blessings for overtime. There can be huge bonuses. I was reading about a company in Texas that, you know, had a lot of employees. Well, when I say a lot, you know, like 70, uh, that, that's not a lot, really. But that's, that's a not, well, from the perspective of the bonus, I thought it was a lot. Uh, every employee, I think there were 70 employees, every employee got a $100,000 bonus. How about that? That's more than some people make in an entire annual year's salary. They, they, you know, the company had a good year. The boss called everybody together, said everybody line up, uh, and, uh, you know, here's your check. Wouldn't that be nice to go to work, get an unexpected bonus of $100,000 because your company uh, maybe just got bought out by Facebook uh, for a couple hundred million dollars? You know, there are global giants out there. They're just out there looking to buy up, to buy up the next big thing before it ever becomes the next big thing. Praise the Lord. So I'm just saying good things happen all the time. It can happen to you too. You need to be believing God for it. You need to be expecting it that every debt that you have can be smoothly paid off. And then you have extra. You always have extra. Praise the Lord. Now you you also understand this doesn't mean that you're now somehow exempt from faith. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't have to use my faith for nothing. I've got my bills paid. All my debts have been paid off, but you know that life has a cost of living. Bills will come back around again. Opportunities to go into debt will come again. You you need to be very, very careful uh, with debt. You need to be very, very prayerful uh, about making decisions. If you need to finance something, you be very, very prayerful about that so that as much as possible, you stay free. Glory to God. And you make wise decisions. You do good things. I understand here that the man of God told the woman to go borrow. There are some cases in the Bible where there are people operating under the guidance of the Holy Spirit to go borrow. But when we look at the world's system of of credit, you want to be very, very careful because when the Lord gives an instruction, then he's going to help you. Everything will be okay. But a lot of people, they do things in their own their own contriving and their own wisdom. And then before you know it, they've gotten snared, all tangled up in the world system. And you wake up one day and you think, how, how did this happen? How did I get tangled up into all of this? So as much as possible, stay free from it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. If you do need to finance, negotiate everything, negotiate the interest rate, negotiate, you know, all the terms, the length of the loan, uh, and things like that. Do as much as you can to uh, make it something that will glorify and honor the Lord. Hallelujah. Never bite off more than you can chew. Never live beyond your means, and you'll always be able to stay in that zone of no strain no strain. Everything that Kelly and I do, we are doing under the guidance and leadership of the Holy Spirit. And because we are doing what he has called us to do, and we live within that parameter, the bills are, they're just paid. And we thank God for that, that there's not a strain and that God has always made a way and he always will. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, I pray for your people today as they're now prepared to sow 
their seed to bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. I pray that all of their debts be removed quickly, that you cause unusual methods of supernatural pouring out to be poured into their life where provision is just poured and poured and they're, and they're tithing and they're sowing seed and they're paying off debt, paying off debt, systematically paying off debt, and they're getting completely free. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you that our trust and faith are always in you. Even if our debts are paid off, we just thank you that our, our faith is still in you, not some kind of bank uh, status that says your balance is zero. Father, we thank you, or it's not negative or it's in the way in the plus. Father, our faith is always in you, always in you. We thank you that because of that and as operating your principles, we go from strength to strength in our finances. Hallelujah. Father, I just speak over your people, debt relief, debt cancellation, debt relief in the name of Jesus, even over their vehicles, vehicles paid off completely, any mortgages, mortgages paid off with no strain, no worry, just paid off quick, 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 quick. We thank you, Father, for expedited mortgages paid off. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the overflow. As even the woman had the ability to pay off the debts and have uh, extra to live on. We thank you for money to live on, that it costs it, it cost to live in this earth. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you for a high quality of life that's blessed. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for no fake wealth. No, no fake wealth. No trying to do things just to impress others. But, Father, living within our means and increasing and getting stronger and stronger the right way. Father, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, for those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28117. If you want to bring your tithes and offerings in online, please right now visit the ministry website, www.stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. You can go there, click on that, and bring them in into the storehouse of God. Hallelujah. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed with God's best. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. God is working quickly. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. God is working quickly. We have crossed into the Jewish New Year, which technically is the biblical New Year. And I believe that in this new season, in this new year, that God wants to work quickly in your life to bring you into that place financially where you do have that flexibility, you have that freedom. Glory to God. Mm, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God's going to do that. This is going to be a great year. This is Hebrew year 5778 on the Hebrew calendar. Praise the Lord. A year denoting new beginnings. I believe this year you're going to do some things that you have not done before. Praise God. You're going to see some things, do some things that you've never done before. You want to be open to some new things. Glory to God. Father, we praise you.
Father, as we go into your word today, let your word come alive in us. Let there be freedom. Father, let there be real freedom in our lives, freedom to laugh, freedom to uh, to dance, freedom to praise, freedom to say something in a crowd, in a place where perhaps there is a, a shutdown uh, thing that tries to just keep people quiet. Father, let that be there. Let that let there be that break the ice type anointing upon us, upon your people. We thank you, Father, for unlimited joy and laughter in your spirit. We give you praise for some new things that you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen. Have you ever been, can I use the word drunk? Have you ever been drunk in the spirit? Now, if, if you've been, ever been drunk in the natural, then you can understand that there is a sense of letting go. Maybe that's the best way to uh, view it. It's a sense of letting go. Something about getting drunk with alcohol, which I do not recommend. Uh, there's something that later, after you come out of it, you know, you many people look back and they're, they're kind of embarrassed about what they did. Some people aren't embarrassed. They're, they think it's funny. <laughs> Nevertheless, in the spirit, there is a place of joy there is a place of being so filled that there is a divine intoxication. There is a correlation in Scripture between the Holy Spirit and grape juice, where it's just such a bubbly, fresh, happy feeling. Mm. See, in the culture of ancient Israel, you could only imagine what this would be like. Uh, no supermarkets thousands of years ago, no convenience stores, no refrigeration, no way to really, you know, keep juice on the shelf. You, you can't. It's going to begin to deteriorate immediately. And just in a few days in the heat, it's the flavor's gone. So they, they had ways of preserving it turning particularly grape juice into a paste, and it was a real thick gooey paste. It could be reconstituted later by adding a lot of water to it. Once you re-added water to it and it was diluted, usually at a, at a quantity of 20 parts water, one part juice, at that period, that is when they would call it wine. But one of the happiest things that a farmer could look forward to would be a fresh grape harvest and take the grapes. We're not even interested in wine for latter use. The only reason it was turned into wine is why? No refrigeration, no glass bottles, no ability to preserve this. That's the only reason they did that. If they could, they would keep it fresh like we know it as Welch's grape juice or the kosher Kadeem grape juice. Uh, to them, that was like heaven, have fresh juice. So to see those grapes and to take those grapes and off the vine, crush them afresh and tread out the grapes and get that fresh juice and drink that. Ooh, so many similarities to the Holy Spirit. The energy rush from all the natural sugars, the, the taste uh, from the fresh grapes, absolutely wonderful, my friends. And when you've had it fresh, I'm not talking about even out of a bottle. When you've had it fresh, it's kind of like fish, right? There's a huge difference between something that's frozen. Even if they give it the flashy title, Flash Frozen. Well, okay, they froze it real quick. 
it's still frozen. It changes the molecular structure of the of the fish or of the juice, or whatever it is. And later, when you tried to eat it, it's not going to taste as good. But my friends, anything that's fresh like that, ooh, so good. But that grape juice bursting with flavor and with fragrance and the Holy Spirit moving in your life, the giddiness, the laughter, the happiness. Oh, God wants you to be drunk in the Holy Spirit. See, the Bible says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. Or as one translation says, a thing in which excess is so easy. Oh, that's the danger of alcohol. It's so easy, uh, particularly certain alcohols that would really work well with the taste buds. So easy just to slip over, keep on drinking, and before you know it, you're drunk. And, you know, and, and that's not good. It's not a good witness. I'm, I'm against, uh, you know, getting drunk. That You should never get drunk. I don't drink. Personally, I don't drink any wine. I don't drink alcohol, beer, wine, anything like that. When I fly on airplanes, it's always offered to me. And, you know, here's, here's an expensive bottle of champagne. Uh, Pastor Brooks, would you like a, a glass of champagne? Uh, no, thank you. Would you like a glass of Chardonnay? No, thank you. Would you like a glass of this? Would you like to help yourself to the bar? Would you like a scotch on the rocks? No, thank you. I just, I don't drink. And it's offered to me all over the world. I don't drink. Why, Pastor Stephen? I just don't want to go down that road. Not, not only because I'm a minister and I set an example for others, but I don't want to kill my brain cells. I don't want to damage my body. I don't want alcohol in my body ever. I don't want to, I, I don't want to ever be under the influence of anything except the Holy Spirit. I don't want anything inside of me trying to control me. That's not God. <laughs> Whether it's a hot dog or a bottle of whiskey, okay? But a hot dog won't do that. But whiskey will. You'll, you drink that, you'll start doing things that normally you would never do. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But my friends, there is an inebriation in the spirit. There is a happiness in the spirit. There's a prophet friend of mine that he always, whenever he gets under the anointing, he gets so silly. And he goes, oh, Pastor Stephen, uh, the spirit of goof is beginning to come on me. I'll never forget the time I picked him up when he flew in the Charlotte. And uh, he had been fasting for a couple of days. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I'm so hungry. I said, all right, let's go, let's go to McDonald's. That way you can get something quick just get something in your system and uh, uh we got we got so kind of inebriated in the spirit nobody's drinking anything that uh as we pull out of mcdonald's and got back on the got back on this main road you know like a, a four four uh street wide uh lane road that leads to the interstate uh, we're, we're going down this road, and uh, we see all these cars t uh, coming towards us. And uh, my prophet friend said, oh, Pastor Stephen, look at all of those cars coming right towards us. I said, yes. I said, can you believe all of those cars going the wrong direction? <laughs> and we started laughing. Oh, we're going the wrong direction, praise the Lord. So swung the whole car around in the middle of the road, turned around, get going the right way. Hallelujah. Sometimes if you get a little tipsy in the spirit, it's just best to pull over and praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. You know what? You can have fun in the Lord. You can have fun in the Lord, and God will bless you. God will bless you. I really do believe that Christians, hear this today, Christians really should be the happiest people on the planet. Mm, let that just go into your bones. And if you're not in a place of happiness, what is the antidote for that? 
Holy Spirit, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. There are so many traumatic experiences, so many letdowns, even traumas that we could see or things that we witness, things that happen to our friends or within our circle of loved ones. And you know, these things can affect you, but God wants to restore you. God wants you up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he'll pump his life right back into you. Hallelujah. By the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he will strengthen you. He will guide you. He will fill you and he'll make you happy, happy, happy. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you that even, even if you were on a plane flying, and the pilot comes over the loudspeaker and says uh, to you, and he says, sir, he says, I know you're the only one on the plane. Uh, I just want to let you know that the plane's going to crash. We've run out of fuel. We didn't plan it right. So uh, we're ejecting out by a parachute, and you're going to crash on that island out there, out in the middle of the ocean. I just want you to know that even if you were all by yourself on an island, maybe you feel like you're on an island today, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit on that island could make you happy happy, happy. While you're eating coconuts and swatting sand fleas, you would be happy, happy, happy. Glory to God. Glory to God. I've heard stories of prisoners uh, in foreign countries persecuted for their faith. One man, a, a pastor thrown down uh, into a pit that was about 30 feet deep and only about this wide. He couldn't even move his arms up out of that pit. And they would put him in there. This was in uh, 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 Cold War Russia and they put him down in that pit and tried to break him and tried to kill him and freeze him and he would go down there and they just all he would do is just pray nonstop in tongues sometimes for three days after three days they'd pull him up and be absolutely stunned that he was still alive weather temperature minus 50 degrees and things like that pull him up he's still alive and uh you know come out of experiences like that still in your right mind you know not needing drugs and a psychologist to work with you for the next 50 years of your life my friends the holy spirit can make you happy happy, happy. You need to be learned. You need to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. So many times when I go into meetings, sometimes those around me, maybe team members, maybe even other uh, staff from the association of where I'm ministering at, they'll ask me, uh, Pastor Stephen, what's your plan? You know, they're not really asking, what am I going to teach on? What's your subject material? Or, you know, what's the structure of the of the meetings? You know, you know, preach, then pray for the sick. It's more like, a, how are you going to do it? What's the, you know, how are you going to go about doing it? I'm just like, I don't know. I have no idea how I'm going to pray for the people when I go to pray for the people. I don't know if I'm going to pray for them first or them first. I don't know if I'm going to pray for the sick to be healed. I have no clue what in the world I'm going to do. And sometimes people want to know. They want to know. But oftentimes, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Pastor Stephen, how, do you, how does that work out? You just go with the flow. You just walk in the Spirit, and you, you just, you just kind of let it unravel by the Holy Spirit. That could be a little bit nerve-wracking for some people that want to have pages and pages of notes pages and pages of documents and mem uh, memos lined up before they do anything. But my friends, there's a point oftentimes where you just need to step out and do something and trust God. Hallelujah. Just cut. Now, now you have to come in prepared. You must come in prepared. 
if you come in prepared, then you can, you can go out and then you can just move in the spirit, move in the spirit. I'm not saying don't ever study. I'm not saying that when you go to take a test at college that you don't prepare, you just go in there and flow with the spirit. No, you need to study. You need to do the very, very best you can. But if you come across something that perhaps you didn't prepare for, that you didn't know about, that you weren't aware of, well, then the Holy Spirit can certainly lead you. Praise God. There is freedom and liberty in the Holy Spirit. When you talk to people, when you share Christ with people, you don't always have to have the same launch point. The Holy Spirit may say, hey, deal differently with this person. They have a a different background. Come at them from a different angle. Share from a different uh, story angle. If you tried your normal thing, they may never connect with that. So everything's different. You have to be willing to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. That's what's very exciting about life. That's what keeps things dynamic instead of just being stuck like in a static mode where everything becomes robotic and it's no fun anymore. I really believe you're going to do some new things. I believe you're going to do some new things and you're going to like it. God's going to put you into some situations that might seem very, very new to you. I want you to be comfortable in it because the Holy Spirit wants you to be there, and he's going to work through you at that place in that time for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Romans chapter 8, let's go to verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. There is a leading, absolutely, there is a leading by the Spirit of God. That leading is not always evident that leading is not always needed from the perspective of the Holy Spirit is not really going to, you know, help you pick out which pair of blue jeans to wear or which pair of dress slacks to wear. You know, a lot of those things you can cover on your own. Praise God. And at the same time, there are some days that is very, very important what you wear. And the Holy Spirit can lead you to wear the right tie on the right day. Woo! Praise the Lord. He can lead you to wear the right color on the right day. And you show up having been led by the Holy Spirit, and because that's what you're wearing, you have favor. Suddenly, the new employer who's trying to hire for the new position that you're applying for, he just loves your tie. And the Holy Spirit led you to wear that tie. I'm telling you what, it is the leading of the Holy Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So the Holy Spirit leads all believers. He leads all believers. I believe that guidance can be developed where we can begin to pick up on it with a very clear understanding of what pleases God and what does not please God. I believe that you can begin to pick up on a leading of the Holy Spirit of what would grieve the Holy Spirit, and also what would be pleasing to the Holy Spirit. I believe that you can pick up on the leading of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can lead you to be very careful about this, and other times He can say, it's okay, relax, everything's good to go. 
Praise God. Praise God. What will we do without the Holy Spirit? There are some things, no matter how well you educate yourself or train yourself, there can still be gaps of knowledge. But it is the Holy Spirit who helps a person govern their life right. It says about David, when Saul brought him in into the courts of his domain, and he's, he's fresh out of the shepherd's field. How many of you know you can't learn court protocol, how to behave in the king's royal palace, out with sheep? But yet, how is he doing so well? It says that he knew how to conduct himself as he went in and went out. Hey, you do the wrong thing to agitate the king. That's not good. You put your foot in your mouth before the leader, before the boss, or the, the uh, you know, hey, that's, that's not good. But yet David's going in and out, always saying the right thing, and being also very, very careful around a very jealous king that he doesn't do things to uh, fan the flame. Praise God. He's sensitive. You, the Holy Spirit would help you to develop a, sens, a, a sensitivity. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. I was in a world-famous building one day with a world-famous person. I don't want to give too, too much information. But the CEO that day, uh, and this was not somewhere I worked at. I was just visiting. But I was actually allowed by God's grace and privilege to go into the very office of the CEO of, of this great organization, speak to the CEO, and just hang out with him. I saw him put his feet up on, on, his, on his chair, kick back and relax, and had a, had a very nice relationship with him. Now, you understand that I'm only briefly seeing him. I don't work with him. Uh, I, I'm just meeting him briefly. And so while I'm seeing him and enjoying get, getting to know him, I also realized, as, realized at the same time, this man could probably have a temper. He's not, he's not angry at me. He's calm. He's relaxed. But, you know, some, some people have areas of their life that they're still working on. And so before I could get out of that building... And as I, I had left, I had left this office and I'd gone to another area where there were some of his executives and we were leaving, going down an elevator. And one of the executives, one of the young men was so angry and he said, I am going to go back into that office and I'm going to tell that CEO off. He has no right. And this guy was getting so angry. Why? Because the, 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 the kind man that I had just talked to had exhibited a flash of anger and had really kind of put this guy in his spot in a very mean way. Doesn't mean it was right. But uh, sometimes you have to know how to work with people. You have to you know how to work with even people's weaknesses, their jealousies, their insecurities, their imperfections. But as we were in that elevator coming down, there was a senior man, a very wise man on staff there. And he told the young man, he grabbed him by the arm. He said, listen, don't do that. He said, you'll lose your job if you do that. He said, you must learn how to work with him. He's a good man. He doesn't mean to explode and go off like that. He's under a lot of pressure. You need to know how to work with him. If you do that, he'll always treat you like gold. And that, that young man just calmed down, calm down. And he went on to have a great history there. Praise God. But my friends, that's, that's, that's stuff that only the Holy Spirit can help you with. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you 
all of those who are sons of God, the Holy Spirit would be happy to lead you. Where is he going to lead you? Into success, into wise decisions, into a life that glorifies the Lord, into the fullness of God's best plan for your life. Praise God. Verse 16, the Spirit Himself. Now the Holy Spirit is a person who lives on the inside of you. He is the third person of the Godhead. This is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. What is this witness that He's bearing? What is this deep knowing that He is constantly getting over to you? He bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Wow. The most important leading of the Holy Spirit, the most important stamping of approval on the inside of you that goes on continually by the Holy Spirit is that you're saved and that God loves you and that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and that God is your father. Oh, hallelujah. He'll continually bear witness of that until you go home to be with the Lord. The Holy Spirit will continue to bear witness. Where is this witness? With your spirit. Now, where is your spirit? On the inside. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. So because it is a witness with your spirit, we can therefore truly call it an inward witness. Woo! So you have to understand there is an inward witness with your spirit, with your spirit. Pastor Stephen, I believe that God speaks to me through my funny bone. And over here on my elbow, I get a real vibration sometimes. When I get that vibration, I know God's, I know God's bearing inner witness with me. Yeah, that's how God talks to me. Well, do you, do you ever, ever get anything on your inside in the spirit? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't get nothing there. See, the Holy Spirit leads not through outward witness. The Holy Spirit leads through inward witness, inward witness, inward witness. Now, let me say this. There can be outward, tangible manifestations of the spirit. I have felt the Holy Spirit come behind me before. I felt him stand next to me before. I have felt angels. I've touched angels before. So I know what an external witness is. I know the glory of God, the Holy Spirit coming over me, even in a sense touching me. I know what that's like. I've e even resting on me, just like a garment put over me. I know exactly what that's like. But you have to understand all of that is secondary. The number one way that he'll lead every single believer is through inward, inward witness. Pastor Stephen, I got my, my uncle, he's a professor over at Atheist University International, and he told me that there's no such thing as salvation and I'm not saved. Well, well see, if somebody talked you into it just intellectually, then somebody like him, who's an intellectual deadhead, could talk you out of it. But the fact of the matter is that when you heard the gospel presented, you received it as the word of life, you were born again, your old sinful nature died off, and you were brand new, recreated with a new spirit. Your spirit is no longer dead and evil. 
your spirit has now been made brand new in the image of God. So this is not an intellectual experience. This is not something you were talked into and therefore can be talked out of. This is something nobody can talk you out of. And not only that, the Holy Spirit says you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You may not even be able to explain it to people. And in some ways you can. I mean, how can you explain salvation? It's, it's not like you can say, well, just look in here and tell. Here's the proof. Look at my heart. See that? See my spirit? Can't you tell now that I'm saved? You close it back up. You can't do that. So, you know, with, with former people that used to know you before you got saved, they're like, yeah, well, I'm sure, yeah, you didn't get saved. That You're some kind of, uh, you know, mental experience that you're going through. But the proof is in the changed life. Praise God. Hallelujah. But on the inside, brand new, brand new. And it's on the inside from whence you are led. The Holy Spirit leading you, leading you. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit knows what you like. I really do believe that if there is a greater level of yielding to what God wants, yielding to what God wants, I believe he'll treat you better than you could even treat yourself. Watch out. That is the crucified life in action. Jesus said it like this. If you try to keep your life, you'll lose it in the end. But if you lose it, you'll find it. Wow. Well, what does that mean, Pastor Stephen? If you, with selfish nature, try to cling to what you want, I've got it, you know, like the, like the old song, I want it my way, you know, whatever it was, I did it my way, blah, blah, blah. If you try to live like that, even as a Christian, cling to, I've got to have it like this. This is the way I have to have it. If you try, if you do stuff like that, the more you cling, the more you miss out on the God life that God has for you. But if you're willing to let go, if you're willing to listen to your spouse, and, and listen to that person sincerely, not just give them some kind of like lip service. No, listen, look, you are, if you're married, your spouse is a co-heir with you. You share the life experience together. Hallelujah. And you, you need to be more attentive to what their needs are. You need to listen to what your children's needs are. And you need to listen to what your friend's needs are. In other words, if you're willing to not always be first, but if you're willing to let others even go before you, and you're willing to consider God's plan, lay down your plan for God's plan, you'll discover what real living is. And then so many times what God will do, because you're willing to lay down your life to experience his life and do it his way and do his thing, he'll loop it right back around and pick up that very thing that you had wanted. And he'll come back around, pick it up and put it back into the mix. Woo! Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. You know, my, uh, my friend, Dr. Wade Taylor, he went to be with the Lord years back. Great man of God. He told me about an epic day in his life when he was going over to meet the mystic saint, John Follett. John Follett was a minister of the gospel a very, very deep teacher, a man that Wade told me, Wade told me this man was so spiritual, he could not even operate a screwdriver. He was always in the spirit. He was, this was a, he was a very old at that time in Wade's life. 
and John Follett never married. And all he did was pray and study the Bible, pray, study the Bible. And so he began to go into a very deep walk with God and became known as what many would call a mystic saint. In other words, when you really want to, you want to connect with somebody that really knows God, you have had something difficult, uh, maybe hard in your, something hard in your life to explain, and you want to go talk to somebody that can help you make sense of it from a perspective of the heart of God, that's the kind of person you would go to. So, John Follett had this deep mystic walk with God. So, and he, by the way, he wrote some wonderful books. I've got his books on my shelves. Uh, very, very good stuff. Praise God. So, Wade Taylor had heard about John Follett uh, for years and had gotten to know him just a little bit. And on one day, on a very special day, Wade said that as he woke up that day, he just knew somehow that that day he was going to get the mantle of John Follett. And, and Wade personally told me this story when I stayed up with him late one night at his house. He was sitting in a lazy boy recliner. I'm sitting in one right across, him, uh, across from it. And he's, t he's telling me this. And Wade said, he said, Stephen, he said, I knew that that day I was going to get John Follett's mantle. And I called him and I asked him if I could come over to his house. And he paused just for a moment. And he said, yes, come over. And Wade said he hung up the phone. He said, I hung up the phone. Wade, Wade said, I was so excited. And then he said, I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. Do not go to his house. <laughs> and Wade was just like, what? Lord, how could this not be you? This, this is what I have wanted. I've read this man's writing. I, I've heard about this man's walk with you. And how, how could you say something like that? And Wade said, um, he said, nevertheless, I knew the voice of the Lord. And he said, um, he said, I called John Flett back and, and told him I couldn't come. And uh, Mr. Flett said, that, that's okay. And uh, so uh, he hung up the phone and Wade said, I just got on my knee. I got on my knees and had a long talk with the Lord and just said, Lord, it's okay. For whatever reason, it's all right. I lay my whole life before you. Anything you want me to have. I'll receive anything that for whatever reason you may not want me to have, even if I don't understand it, it's okay. And he had a long talk with the Lord. And after the long talk with the Lord, the Lord said, Arise, get up, and now go to the house of John Follett, and you shall not only receive his mantle because you have obeyed me, but you shall receive it double portion. <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. Hallelujah. You, you must learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so Wade called him back up, asked if he could come over. And Mr. Follett said, yes, of course. He went over. John Follett ended up laying hands on him and transferring his mantle, the anointing of the Spirit that he walked in, which were writings that were deep devotional writings that went right over the Wade's life. Uh, Wade is, uh, was always known as a writer of devotional classics. Praise the Lord. But my friends, that never would have happened. It, it never would have happened unless God ordained it and decreed it 
and Wade had followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. See, God's got great things planned for your life, but you have to do it the Lord's way. Mm -mm. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. There are some things you just know in your spirit as you go, as you go. I step into a meeting. I'm not quite sure sometimes which direction God wants to go. There's a lot of great things you could teach and preach on. What does the Holy Spirit want to talk about today? So I, I try to pick that up in the Spirit. I try to pick that up in the Spirit and also bring something that will prophetically reveal the path, the direction, and the destiny of the corporate gathering as a body of the church and also for even individuals as well. I believe that the more freedom and liberty that you have in being able to flow with the Holy Spirit, the happier the person that you will be. Praise God. I think that's why sometimes people begin to lose their joy, because they end up getting into a rut. What is a rut? It's really like a grave, but you've just got both ends knocked out. And you don't want to get into a rut. You want to stay fresh. Glory to God. One of the greatest ways to stay fresh is to always endeavor to love people around you, whether it's trying to reach the lost somehow, some way, by saying something, dropping little tips, dropping little things like that. Give them a book. Give them, give them an encouraging word, but just loving on people. Hallelujah. Some you might see again. Some you may never see again. But when you do things like that, you keep the oil of the Holy Spirit flowing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there was a miracle story a little while back that was shared in the life of a young man who was out one day winning souls, and he was sharing the gospel with people. And he had, he, that day he had won nine people to the Lord. He, had won, he was just out, out on the streets talking with people. And he would do this constantly on the weekends. And what took place is that after he had won nine people to the Lord, he got tired, physically sleepy, and the Holy Spirit, now, now follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, because God wants to bless you. The Holy Spirit told this man, go home, lay down on your bed, and go to sleep. So the man goes home, and he lays down on his bed, and he goes to sleep. And when he wakes up from his sleep, there sitting right next to his arm is the surgically implanted piece that was put into his arm when he had an accident. It was surgically put in there, and it was big. It's, it's, um, it's probably, it's, you know, in length longer than this cup, and then it curves also. <clears throat> and there it is when he wakes up, laying right there, next to his arm. And, you know, this is a very advanced piece. It's got laser engravings. It's got the serial number, everything from the medical doctor that put it in there and everything like that. And so there it is. It had been completely taken out in an operation by the Spirit of God while he slept. No pain, no surgery, just supernatural surgery. And there it is sitting there. And he took it to church. His church uh, is pastored by Bishop David Oyedipo in Nigeria. And, you know, you know, the people were just stunned by the miracle. But my friends, God will do miracles. God will always keep you fresh 
if you're always willing to love people, always willing to reach out, you're concerned about others, you're, you're just trying to get as many people to heaven as you can, and you're trying to build up the church, but that, that's my main calling. I don't want to see the church in ignorance. The Word of God is the pathway to life and victory and success. And so I want to get the Word of God into the lives of people's hearts. That's what keeps me happy. That's what keeps the oil flowing in my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So my friends, keep that oil flowing. Keep the oil flowing. Stay on the edge. Stay on the edge. Stay on the edge. Always push yourself to stay on the edge. Praise God. I remember that when I first began to move in the Spirit with prophetic ministry, I'm talking about not just teaching, not just preaching, but once that's done, just stepping out into a crowd of people, and let's just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. When I, fir- when I first began to do that, I was very, very uncomfortable. When I say uncomfortable, my, f- my flesh was just like screaming like, you know, get me out of here. You know, it's like 400 people watching, and... And if it, it and if it's accurate, it's accurate. If it's not, everybody's going to know. And it's you know on the flesh nature, that's like uh, unless that flesh is crucified, whoo, the flesh doesn't like that. But still, even still, step into it. Step into it. Praise God. But I, I remember one time I really learned a valuable lesson because I was in I was in a meeting. I stepped out and I began to give words of knowledge. I begin to prophesy over people, and I'm thinking, you know, this is like no big deal. Nobody's really acting like, you know, this. You, you don't you really see. You can't. You look at the expressions on people's faces, and it and it just seems like, you know, nothing's really happening. And I and I'm thinking, well, this is not that big of a deal. And I begin to kind of like shut it down. I had maybe moved for in the spirit for like 15 minutes, and I began to shut it down. And I'll never forget after the service, the pastor came and told me, she said, Stephen. She said, what you were doing was so deeply impacting all the people. The people were stunned. They couldn't react. The words you were giving were so accurate. She said, I know all those people that you're prophesying over. Every single thing that you're saying was absolutely right on. The people were stunned. And I, I, the whole time I thought nothing was happening. <laughs> Woo! Glory. Glory. And see, sometimes you'll, you'll say something to somebody. And you'll, you'll think, uh, you'll walk away thinking, I, you know, I, maybe I just totally made a fool of myself. But you have no idea that what you said just slipped at them, could have kept them from plunging into despair, could have kept them from going home and swallowing a whole bottle of pills. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. You may be the only light within a two-mile radius of where you even work at. Praise God. So you need to be lit up. You need to be able to move with the Spirit. Be flexible. Have that, have that flexibility to move and flow and go with the Holy Spirit on new things, new assignments. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for something new? It requires the, the ability to go with the Spirit. It requires the ability to be led by the Spirit. Sometimes on a, on a daily basis, new flow, glory to God. You're going to love it. You're going to really love it. I believe it's the highest level of living. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. I believe that this is a challenge that the Holy Spirit lays before us. It's a constant leading and following, 
following that leading, as the Lord Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. There is a denial of the self nature, the self life. And the Holy Spirit will help you with that. He'll help you lead you into the kingdom life while you watch that other thing just fall off. He'll lead you into the kingdom life. It is a challenge, and I'm not saying it's easy. He'll lead you there. He'll say, come walk this walk. Come walk into the deep things of God. Come turn the TV off. Come walk into the deep things of God. He'll lead you into it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the Lord said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross daily. The cross, the instrument of crucifixion. The putting to death of selfish desires, carnal passions, just laying all that down. Hallelujah. And also embracing whatever that calling might be. Embracing what that assignment might be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Doesn't matter how difficult that cross is. If that's your cross, the grace will always be there to carry it. And when it's in Christ, you'll actually find a joy in it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus said, those who lose their life will find it. That's where the joy is at. That's where the freedom is at. The ability to move in the spirit. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, there's boldness. You're going to be the, you're going to be the Holy Spirit icebreaker. You're going to be the one that will come in when everybody else is clammed up, when nobody else will move or, or everybody else is rigid, you will move. And your movement will cause everything else begin to crack and break. And before you know it, everybody's getting thawed out. Everybody start to move. Everybody's starting to move. Hallelujah. I, I'm telling you what, that is the anointing. That is, that is a breaker anointing. It is literally a breaker anointing. Glory. Praise God. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow. It is a continual follow. Continual follow. How do you walk that out, Pastor Stephen? The Holy Spirit will help you every day. Stay flexible. Stay free. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit each day. A new adventure in you. We give you praise for a new freedom, a new flow, a new boldness, a new go with it. Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Step out. Go for it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's take communion. Praise the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Father, we bless this. We consecrate our bread and juice. This is now the body, the flesh, and blood of our Savior. Oh, Father, we give you praise for Jesus. We give you praise for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. His smile, His boldness, His willingness to obey at all costs, even to lay His own life down. Father, as we take this, as we take the flesh, the body of Jesus, we thank you that your boldness, we believe, is coming into us with new freedom, a new daringness in Christ to go and do that which we have not done before. We thank you for the oil of your Spirit flowing. We thank you for clear leading and guidance of your Spirit that bears witness with our inner man. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for the flesh of Christ in Jesus' name. Let's receive it now.
Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, sin-cleansing power. We thank you for holy lives, lives laid down, dedicated, sold out. Father, we just give you praise. We thank you for freedom, freedom from spirits of fear, freedom from intimidation, freedom from don't move, don't say anything, be quiet. Father, we thank you for freedom, freedom in your spirit to love people, to reach out and ask, are you okay? Do you need help? Father, we thank you for freedom, freedom, hallelujah, to operate in the gifts of your spirit, to prophesy, to speak forth your word, to build up exhortation, comfort, and encouragement. Father, we thank you for the ministry of your spirit flowing through us, the ministry of reconciliation, of reconciling the lost back to Christ. We thank you for the ministry of building up our brothers and sisters in the Lord, always encouraging them, which means that we must be up ourselves. Father, I speak strength into your people. Strength into your people. Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive. Father, we thank you. A new anointing. A new boldness. A new power flowing out of us. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. We receive now the cleansing blood of Jesus. Let's drink. I believe today that the Holy Spirit is leading me to preach this message to you. That as opportune moments come open before you, you must go for it. Whether it's to do something, say something, pray for the sick, go for it. Hallelujah. Don't worry about anything. Just go for it. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit leads and His anointing comes on you, go for it. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm, I'm telling you, when, when the Holy Spirit's in it, I, and I say this, I, you have to understand what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say this in wisdom. When the Holy Spirit's in it, you can get away with crazy stuff. I'm not talking about bad stuff. I'm not talking about something uh, that's wrong. I'm just talking about you can do things that normally, in, in normal everyday modes of operation, that wouldn't fly. But when the Holy Spirit's moving and there's open door, go for it. Hallelujah. Because God goes with you. God goes with you. And God doesn't have to apologize to anybody for what He does. Hallelujah. When you go with God, woo, hallelujah. It's going to be good. Hallelujah. Freedom. Freedom in the Spirit. A new, a new happiness coming into you. A new joy. A new laughter coming over you. I command sorrow to leave in the name of the Lord Jesus. I command depression to come off of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I call forth a new anticipation. A new expectancy of joy and breakthrough come forth into your life now. The Lord says you are a breaker walking in a breaker anointing. Begin to operate in the name of Jesus. I, sh I see you now. Prophetically, I'm seeing you now 
as one of those ships that's classified as an icebreaker. And you're going into the icebergs and you're just you're just breaking, breaking, breaking. Ever watch those icebreaker ships? I mean, they're just breaking whatever's in front of them. It doesn't matter how thick or big it is. They're just breaking, breaking, breaking. What are they breaking? The cold, cold hearts, cold hearts, breaking with the love of Christ that's in you. Hallelujah. The anointing that's in you. The joy that's in you. Praise God. An invincible spirit in Christ. Father, we thank you today for your Holy Spirit and his work in our lives. Let your people be flexible and free. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time in the Word of God. Till then, stay free and go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.